as usual, we're going to start off with the CASA update portion of the podcast. Um, good evening, Alex. Good evening. Welcome to the CASA update for the week of 2-3-2017. What is new and exciting this week, Alex? <clears throat> it's been a busy week. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm up to my eyeballs in Tobacco 21 this weekend. Oh, um, it's it's been hitting everywhere. It looks like just from the news. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's uh, I, I have to update my my map. Actually, um, I have to add Massachusetts to this. Um, but uh, yeah, I believe we have <clears throat> nineteen. 20 bills in 13 states now um there was a bill in mississippi that failed but i found another one today um that has not failed um so uh yeah it's uh wow. this is this is the year for tobacco 21 to go crazy yeah wow wow uh, yeah now i have 22 bills in here um so um, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing, and, and and you know, funny funny story. Um, so we put out a uh, an alert, a, a, an engagement for uh, a tax bill in Arizona, which is like mm -hmm. a ninety. It's a ninety five percent wholesale tax, and um, quickly got feedback from people in Arizona um, and other places saying that uh, you know this bill isn't going to go anywhere. It's you know. We should really be doing doing this tobacco twenty one bill, um, and uh, which is kind of interesting to me because it, that it it actually uh, elicited a, a stronger response from people uh, regarding a tobacco twenty one bill than I think we've gotten really ever. Um, wow. We've we've been issuing engagements for tobacco twenty one ordinances uh, for the past year or two. Oh, yeah. And um, it, it, it generates sort of a lukewarm response from people. Um, and these are things at the local level. New York has had a lot. Massachusetts especially has had a lot. Um, mm -hmm. A good deal of the state is already, um, has already adopted 20, Tobacco 21 laws. And, of course, California. Um, there's over 230 municipalities, including counties, um, throughout the country that have adopted Tobacco 21 uh, laws. Um, I think there's nine or 11 in New Jersey. So <clears throat> this has been creeping along. And, um, and so now it's, it's coming out at the state. I think this is the most at the state level that we've seen. Um, yeah. I think states are, are sort of seeing that Hawaii and California passed uh, these laws last session uh, and, right. and are um, doing their own. Um, and, you know, Neighboring states that neighbor California, uh, Arizona, Oregon, uh, Nevada doesn't have one. I, I wouldn't expect Nevada to, to do this, but uh, I'm not going to say that with any kind of certainty. Um, but obviously, the entire left coast um, is looking at adopting tobacco 21 laws. Wow. And even Texas. I've got Texas, Oklahoma on here. Um you know, states I, I wouldn't think of to do stuff like this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's the new dance craze. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is a craze. Um, 
I'll admit that for sure. And I, I like when you read the news articles and you can see this is boilerplate legislation. And the spokesperson always says that, well, we hope to keep tobacco out of the hands of teenagers. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's kind of, I was, I've been, I've been reading all of this stuff because I, I really kind of want to beef up. I want to make sure that our arguments are, are robust. Uh-huh. Um, there are two bits of evidence that proponents of tobacco 21.2 and that's it by the way if yeah. is, you know the vaping industry vaping advocates have have, are, have reams of evidence at this point that these products are are less hazardous than smoking and should be promoted to smokers and no one seems to care but the tobacco 21 proponents come out with a study on needham massachusetts which was the first um, city to pass tobacco 21 laws. Uh, I believe in 2005, they okay. raised the smoking age to 21. And of course this was before e-cigarettes. So it was just on smoking. Um, right. it may have actually included uh, smokeless tobacco. I haven't researched enough of that, but you know, the target of this is, is ostensibly smoking. Um, and, uh, and then there's the study from the institutes of medicine, um, now, in Needham, Massachusetts, uh, they raised the age to purchase uh, cigarettes, tobacco, to uh, 21. And the uh, smoking rate, I believe the adult smoking rate dropped to, um, no, I'm sorry, the, the, the teenager smoking rate dropped to 7% down from like 12%. Mm-hmm. Um, at that, during that same time period... Uh, surrounding uh, cities. Right. I, I guess they averaged 15% down to 13% or 12%, something like that. Okay. Um, so the Massachusetts raised their uh, purchase age and they already apparently had uh, smoking rates that were lower than the rest of the state. Um, right. And they experienced a, a significant decline. Okay. Um, several years later, that smoking rate has gone down to five and a half percent. So the most dramatic decline, of course, is when the law is first enacted. Mm -hmm. And um, you can expect that to level off somewhere. I'm just doing some non-science here, but based on the evidence that they're using, it seems reasonable to expect that the smoking rate among young people will level off somewhere between six and five percent. Okay. just doing the kind of the same caliber of, of science that they're doing. <laughs> so, uh-huh. you know, the question being, what about that six, that five to 6% of young people that, that still smoke and, and why is it that they're smoking? Uh, and, and what happens when those people turn 21? Um, it, the, the argument that, that is somewhat substantiated with some evidence is that the longer someone waits to pick up cigarettes, the less likely they are to continue smoking for the rest of their life. Um, uh, so, you know, potentially some benefit there, but some people still do go on and pick up cigarettes and when they turn 21, Mm -hmm. um, just like how some people, you know, become alcoholics once they're legal drinking age. Mm -hmm. Um, or arguably developed a, a bit of a bad habit prior to turning to 21, yeah. um, which is an art, another argument against the drinking age being 21, but we're okay. not that type of organization. So we won't get into drugs and alcohol. Um, okay. <laughs> Sounds fair to me. <laughs> so um, 
yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's so the Needham, Massachusetts study is one thing that these people are, are presenting as, as, um, I, I guess that that's all the support that they need. And there hasn't really been a, a lot of, from, from what I've been reading, there, there isn't a lot of, uh, follow-up studies that have been done in these, you know, 230 other municipalities that have uh, adopted, uh, the, the higher smoking age, um, and it would be interesting to see uh, what happens in California. I think Hawaii would be an excellent place to see what actually happens. Um, yeah. You know, and of course, the argument is that if you you know raise the smoking age to twenty one, you're taking, you're putting that distance between you know these young the the adults and 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 young people, uh, and so that they're less likely to purchase cigarettes from their eighteen year old friends who are finishing up their senior year of, of high school. Um, okay. But of course, nobody nobody seems to care about the eighteen to twenty year olds who have all the access in the world to all of the convenience stores and gas stations that are out there, um, and of course, their friends who are twenty one, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 the fact that that they are still um, highly likely to pick up a pack of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. uh, this this law is mainly to quote unquote protect. Um, teenagers i guess between the ages of 14 and 17 um who are just clearly not capable of making rational decisions um <laughs> so that's the need of massachusetts um support for this and then uh, of course you have the institutes of medicine which I, I feel like i'm sort of flonking a dead horse here but um uh you know that that study was done without considering um the impact that the availability of electronic cigarettes would have on smoking rates um and nor do they consider um what the implications would be or what the consequences would be of um treating electronic cigarettes just like traditional cigarettes um in terms of communicating risk to um to anyone really Mm -hmm. um so it's i you know based on that alone I, i you know i think we agree that uh, it's sort of irresponsible at this point to, to be promoting tobacco 21 policies um, <laughs> there there really just is not enough evidence to support this policy and in fact um, consistent with with our beliefs on um, you know structural communication to consumers um, by way of, of laws and, and, and ordinances and so on um, they may actually be doing more harm um, so yeah that oh (laughs) (laughs) did you get all that (laughs) i i did you did hear me typing right yeah i did good job thanks yeah i'm not i'm not the best transcriptionist but i think i got the heart of it fantastic (laughs) good okay so obviously I've, I've been dealing with tobacco 21 for the past couple of days okay. and um, something to look forward to. Um, I'm probably going to be spending time tomorrow. I'm flying to Oregon on Sunday um, to be there in time for, for a thing on Tuesday. Um, okay. And uh, we'll probably be doing some work on Super Bowl Sunday in my hotel room, um, oh, trying to get stuff out in time for Monday. Um, but, uh, we, we should have a, a, hopefully soon a, a kind of a, 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 an expanded, um, post on 
Tobacco 21 with um, all kinds of resources. So, you know, we've got this pretty map that's purple and um, we'll have some updated information on and some perspective on, um, you know, I, I, I can't say this with, with uh, a whole lot of certainty. It's mainly based on a few comments that I've seen on the Tobacco 21 issue and, and some conversations that I've had with people. Um, so I, I can't say with certainty that this is how a large percentage of people feel about this, but there are, I think, a lot of people who think that, um, you know, raising the age to smoke, to purchase all tobacco products, including vapor products, is a reasonable, logical step um, because, oh, look what it did for uh, drinking and also, you know, marijuana it, when it as it's becoming daylighted, the, the the minimum legal purchase age is 21, um, and so you know people seem to think that that all makes sense. Um, not really considering that the um, you know raising the drinking age is somewhat arbitrary. Not a lot of states were really into it. They only did it because federal high, federal highway money was threatened to be withhold, withheld if they didn't. Um, and um, and and uh, it is it is arguable that uh, that the uh, minimum drinking age of 21 has created a binge drinking culture. Um, so uh, it, it's uh, I was also looking into that as well. Um, but you know the thing is that it, it seems to be that there are a, a noticeable uh, amount of there is a noticeable amount of people who are uh, generally supportive of. Of tobacco 21 much like you have a lot of uh people in the vaping community who uh who don't really care about the indoor indoor vaping bans right. um and uh so i i, I kind of wanted to take the opportunity to maybe address some of those um areas of i guess either uh express or implicit support uh for tobacco 21 right. um and uh, and yeah, we're 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 trying to approach this. We we don't really have a whole lot of evidence on our, our side either. Um, right. But uh, you know, we're not the ones arguing to make a new law. So um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's uh, you know, there's there's certainly room for debate here. And and I think that you know, again, you know, the the mistake that the proponents are making here is that they're just not considering the impact that that harm reduction can have on reducing youth and adult use of, of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so, well, it's not like that's something that, uh, they seem to be horribly concerned about. Um, facts. You know, yeah. Facts <laughs> and truth. Yeah. We're, we're a post truth society. Yeah. Apparently. You know that, <laughs> you know, I don't have to tell you that. Yeah. I watch the TV. Yeah, I don't, and I still know we're a post-truth society, so it's it's interesting. So <laughs> that doesn't that does not sound like a lot of fun. So, yeah. but, but there's going to be more resources for people. There's going to be more education for people, and you know that can only be good. Yeah. So um, we can get back to the world of facts. Um, okay. Are you uh, sure? <laughs> so, so, well, some some things that I know are a fact is that we have uh, we've released several 
calls to action over the past uh, two weeks. I think we may have talked about Montana um, last Friday. I'm not sure. Um, okay. This feels my days are starting to run together. Um, but okay. uh, so I'll just sort of run down the list here. Probably the most pressing thing to bring up, and I'm pretty sure that that I brought this up last week. Um, there was the decision in the um, uh, is it the seventh district court uh, mm-hmm. for Indiana uh, for the Indiana vaping law. I really just want to remind people if if they didn't get the message before um, that the decision happened but Mm -hmm. things haven't taken effect yet. So as much as people want to start doing business in Indiana again, you got to wait for things to take effect. And we're probably, um, you know, five to seven days into when the decision was made. So we're still looking at, you know, 15, 17 days before things become effective. And even then it's not, you know, kind of open the floodgates. Um, right. So I've been, you know, contacted uh, Amy Lane from uh, the Indiana Smoke Free Association mm-hmm. uh, uh, had reached out again to say, you know, people are people are just chomping at the bit to get back into Indiana. And sure. you just it's not, you know, you just got to it's like a couple of weeks, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of cool yeah. your jets. Things are happening. It's good news. But you got to wait for things to take effect. And well, the, and the I, wheels and, of the wheels of government are not a swift mover. No, but they, things are moving faster. You know how gas prices go up really quickly, but it takes years for them to come back down. Yes. Yeah, it's not really happening like that. It, things are <laughs> things are turning around a little bit quicker here. So okay. you know, it just everybody, please be patient. You will be rewarded um, with your patience. Um, <laughs> Um, so just, I just wanted to briefly remind everyone about Indiana. Um, the other thing is I saw a video posted up earlier, um, I guess about an hour and a half ago, uh, someone was watching the hearing in the, uh, was it the Senate Judiciary Committee in Montana? Um, don't call, have to research that again. I had it in front of me and then I started looking at other things, um, the indoor vaping ban had a hearing on, I believe it was today. Okay. Um, maybe it was yesterday. I apologize. I, I had all this stuff in front of me and then I started looking, looking through other stuff. Um, okay. But uh, it's, that was SB 147. Okay. And uh, in the video, you can actually see one of the, the committee members is she calls a couple of people back up and asks them questions and she very clearly articulates the difference between a lot of the the definitive statements and evidence mm-hmm. made and presented by opponents okay. to the clean to the this amendment mm-hmm. which was which is in the vapors um okay. and and science generally um <laughs> and then she she very clearly contrasts that with the statements made by people who are pushing for this ban uh by simply pointing out that they are using words like may and can and might mm-hmm. that you know that doesn't really make a strong argument for uh prohibiting indoor use of vapor products and right. and she has some very very excellent questions and um, I didn't see the, the video didn't go as far as the community taking a vote or any action. I'm not really sure. And I'm trying to get more information off the Montana site. 
Um, okay. I'll probably have to reach out to people in Montana who are actually there and maybe working with a lobbyist. Um, but okay. uh, so it, it that's, it, as far as I'm concerned, that sounds like good news for Montana. Yeah. Um, the next item that we had was a um, potential online sales ban in Maryland. Um, and this was tucked into a licensing uh, bill. This is SB 119. Um, there was a hearing on Thursday. Yeah, yesterday. There was a hearing yesterday. Um, Kassau's Ron Ward was there, uh, not under the, the banner of Kassau. He is, he is also a business owner in, in Baltimore, um, mm-hmm. but he presented testimony. I tried to watch the video, but it kept not loading properly, so I, I missed it. Um, but, uh, one of the reasons I didn't go down was because we got word, uh, sort of towards the middle of the week that, uh, even the bill sponsor was sort of lukewarm about this bill. Um, okay. and, and there was no action that was going to be taken in this committee hearing. Um, okay. so, uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's a licensing bill and it's very complicated. It's basically a cut and paste of, the uh, state's OTP licensing uh, regulation. And mm-hmm. of course, the, 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 the primary argument here is that the vapor industry doesn't function like the tobacco industry. Sure. Um, it, there there are, are many points at which people are, are importing and exporting and selling these products you know, to each other and direct to consumer and all of this stuff. It just, it just doesn't function the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, whereas it's, it's certainly acceptable and, and, and appropriate to introduce and, and, you know, work out legislation that, that, you know, licenses or, or registers businesses in the state for the purposes of, you know, monitoring compliance with, uh, you know, not selling to minors, um, to sort of dictate to the the industry that no you 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 know distributors have to buy buy from manufacturers and those mm-hmm. manufacturers have to have a physical presence in the state and retailers can only buy from distributors licensed by the state <laughs> and and so on yeah. that you know establishing that very strict three-tiered system and making it all about in-state manufacturers distributors and retailers and so on um it is, is actually, you know, puts up a lot of unnecessary barriers um, and especially, in, in it, and it can dramatically impact consumer access to the wide variety of products, especially when you include in that, uh, that nothing can be sold online or through the mail. Um, people may not know this about Maryland, but there are some really rural parts of Maryland. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, so uh, there are certainly, I'm sure, uh, hundreds of people who who don't live right around the corner from a vapor shop, uh, sure. but but they do uh, of course likely have a gas station within a mile or two of their home, um, where they could you know go get their cigarettes easily if they lose access to vapor products. So um, huh. uh, that's that. There's some some public health and, and consumer access concerns there, but the good news is that um, not a whole lot of warm, fuzzy feelings for this bill, even from the bill sponsor. <laughs> the concerning news is that there is a companion bill in the house. Um, I don't have that bill number in front of me, um, right. but uh, it, there, it, it has a hearing, I believe, on February 13th or February 15th. 
Um, I'll have to look that up and I'll drop okay. that note in our chat so you can include that in the okay. notes. All right. Um, and um, there is, we haven't put an, a, an alert out for this yet, but I'm sure it's in the pipeline. Um, uh, Maryland's looking at an indoor vaping ban, I believe. Good Lord. I forget the bill number, but um, I'll double check on that and get you the number. Um, yeah. And now moving right along to Kansas. I can't remember if we talked about this last week. Does that ring a bell to you, Kansas? Uh, I don't believe so. So <laughs> your finger's tired yet? <laughs> uh, you're making me want to get... Um, dragon software for this <laughs> ah nice <laughs> Good idea. um so well kansas will be quick uh kansas uh senate bill 54 uh is uh introduced and uh they're, they're working on trying to get that a hearing um it is uh I, I actually i think it is scheduled for a hearing it's just not wasn't up on the website the last time I checked. Um, this changes how the e-liquid tax is applied. And uh, it, as far as, it, as it's written, uh, and I believe there's a, there's a companion bill uh, in the house. I'm, I'll have to double check that. Um, it's slightly, it's worded slightly different. Um, but uh, the, the idea here is to um, get that tax to apply only to um, e-liquid that contains nicotine. Okay. Um, another, you know, ultimately people in Kansas are going to be arguing for reducing the tax to five cents per milliliter. Um, and this is potentially going to be kind of dramatic. Um, Reynolds was a supporter of the 20 cent per milliliter tax. Um, and, uh, and are, are not, I assume they're not really happy about reducing the tax. Um, I don't know if they're actually opposing it right now or what, but uh, okay. so that's happening in Kansas. Okay. Um, the other thing before we go into the weekend, it's a, it's a bit too late for people to be doing this, um, but Allegheny County, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, the indoor vaping ban is on the agenda for, I believe, Monday's, uh county council hearing i gotta open up bill godshall's email again wait a second it was just in my own email that i had this um i just sent out an alert for it so um okay. i sent this out uh, earlier today um monday february 6th at 5 p.m in the allegheny county courthouse fourth floor gold room okay. um the county council will be having a regular hearing and the indoor vaping ban is on the agenda. Um, you can, uh, there, I, I guess at this point you're sort of at the, you need to use the online, um, the, the link to sign up to speak if you would like to speak. Okay. Um, but, uh, anybody living in, in Allegheny County got an alert today. So open your email and there's all kinds of information in there. Um, and, and you need to get that done 24 hours before the hearing. Okay. Um, Gregory Conley will be there. Joel Nitzkin will be there. Um, wow. and I think I, there's a bit of a, I don't know if I actually said it 
I didn't. Um, Bill Gottschall, they're not letting him on the, the panel. But um, Dr. Nitzkin? Wow. Yeah. God, there's a blast from the past. That's a name I haven't heard forever. Yeah, he uh, he pops up every now and then, and nice. um, I think anything within within striking distance of DC, he'll he can he can get to pretty easily. I think he's nice. based in DC, so yeah, so I know that will... he was in Philadelphia and some other places. So they won't let Bill speak, really? Um, yeah, I guess he asked to be on the panel, and they didn't. They didn't. Uh... I'm sure that they've heard from Bill a lot, <laughs> so maybe they just want to see a different face. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I think he's still trying to get, he's going to speak anyway. He's just not on a, on a specific panel. No. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's that. Okay. I think you'd have a hard time keeping Bill from saying his piece. He yeah, will no, find Bill, a way. Yeah. Bill will find a way, uh, okay. which is, which is great. He's a force of nature. And um, while we're in Pennsylvania, um, I believe I haven't gotten around to this yet, but, um, the Pennsylvania vapor tax. So right now we have, uh, from representative Jeff Wheeland, a, um, a co-sponsor support memo. This is how legislation kind of gets made in Pennsylvania. Um, okay. first, you know, the, the, the bill quote unquote gets circulated as a memo and okay. support for it is is gathered and then there's you know it's officially introduced uh so representative whelan's co-sponsorship support memo has been circulating for probably a week or two now uh and then uh today i believe it was i believe it was today um senator bartolotta um introduced her co-sponsorship support memo for essentially a companion bill um so we have co-sponsorship support memos circulating for the Senate and the House. Um, and we will likely be updating our engagement to urge um, lawmakers in Pennsylvania to sign on in support of, the, of this measure, which would reduce, I believe, I think unless it's changed, reduce the uh, tax on vapor products down to five cents per milliliter instead of the ridiculous 40 percent wholesale <laughs> yeah that's that was a little crazy it's a, a little bit of a, a insane number when you worked it all out it's a lot crazy yeah it's, um, nobody's gonna pay that they'll just go elsewhere yeah <laughs> I mean, some people will, you know, I mean, if it's, if that's, if that's your, you know, it's just, people will end up shopping online. We know this, but oh, yeah. there, there are others, I think that will continue to support their local vapor shop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't really know, you know, the per pack equivalency is sort of a myth when it comes to vapor products. Sure. Um, but I think that there will still be people who see that they are still saving money by, by switching to vaping and, and um, even though it is completely unjustifiable to enact any extra taxes on vapor products, sure. um, you know, they value their health and, and, and will still continue to shop with some retailers right. in, in the state. You know, some people have managed to, to stay open, but you know, there are others that, you know, business has dropped off so sharply 
for mm-hmm. uh, for several reasons. You know, we we've had this nationwide essentially misinformation campaign coming from federal agencies oh, to yeah. state health departments, and you know, even though oh, yeah. even though you know a health department in California puts out its own campaign through the miracle of social media, it gets everywhere. So, you you know, you have people in Pennsylvania that have been receiving these messages about the dangers of vaping Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, it's, it's affecting their purchasing habits. So it doesn't help when HHS makes misleading statements. Do you know what I mean? That's not helping. No. And hopefully that will change this soon. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's kind of hard. It's it's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to tell. Um, you know, yeah. we'll see. Um, exactly. You know, it, it it is kind of funny to watch the rest of the world now um, deal in or you know experience alternative facts. Um, you know, people who have been working in tobacco control, um, working in tobacco harm reduction for, for decades, um, mm-hmm. have been dealing with alternative facts for for that long um so it's sort of i I believe carl actually blogged about this a a couple weeks ago um Mm -hmm. and it was sort of a like welcome to my world kind of post um so yeah welcome welcome aboard everyone um (laughs) people who've been dealing with tobacco are familiar with this dance yeah i love I love how that sounds, alternative facts. It's like alternative histories. Yeah, it's it's basically a, a different version of the truth. <laughs> Should we put it that way? <laughs> yeah, you know, you just, you, you pick and choose your numbers from what suits your preferred narrative. And, um, and yeah, Stanton Glantz is a master at that. He's been, oh. been doing it for a while. Him, Chapman, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all very good at that. Yeah. They they massage numbers to get uh, numbers that uh, just make no sense. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Yeah. Yep. Fun stuff. So, um. You said you were going to be working Super Bowl Sunday because you were going to Oregon. Yeah, right. well, I'm I'm flying out uh, Sunday morning ish, uh, and I'll be in uh, in a hotel room somewhere near the Portland airport um, that evening. Uh, okay. And of course, you know the work never stops, and Monday is a great time to to be putting things out. I have a newsletter that we decided I was supposed to get out at the end of January. Um, but, uh, you know, trying to fit that in with everything else gets a little bit complicated. Um, and of course you get new information that comes up. It's like, oh, this would be great to include in the newsletter. And then, you know, it's tomorrow. (laughs) So, um, I'm still working on that and, and I, I would love to get that out tomorrow, but I'm not going to make any promises because tomorrow's Saturday. Um, Uh and, uh, and yeah, and so we've got things coming up. Um, for obviously Arizona with tobacco, tobacco 21 is just going to be, that's, that's what next week's going to be about. Okay. And everything else, but I'll just for now say that tobacco 21 is something that everybody needs to be really conscious of. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, uh, 
Oh, I, all of that. And I didn't talk about why I'm going to Oregon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of um, what I was getting yeah, at. I, yeah. Um, uh, the seventh Tuesday uh -huh. is um, the Northwest Vapor Association's uh, Vape Day at the Capitol. Uh, so you will have uh, businesses and vapors from all over the state coming in to have, I, I believe there's a bit of a rally in the morning, and then uh, anybody who registers uh, can, uh, I believe they'll be working to set, set up meetings with, with your lawmakers. So um, it's an opportunity to get together and, and make a little bit of noise and also take the opportunity to walk around the Capitol and meet with your lawmakers. Nice. Um, so I'll be there. Gregory Conley will be there. And uh, Stefan Didak will be there. Um, I'm sure some other people. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to go. Uh, I, haven't been to, I haven't been to Salem. So um, I'm, and the, the Northwest Vapor Association people are really nice and, um, and can really use all the help they can get. Uh, they, they work hard, but man, they're in Oregon. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's difficult. Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not real easy there. It seems like it's easier there to, um, lob, not say lobby, but to talk to your lawmakers about, um, marijuana than it is to talk about, uh, tobacco harm reduction, which is just, it's so bizarre to me. You know what I mean? Those, those two things just, it, blows my mind <laughs> yeah it, it it's um yeah <laughs> yeah you know it is. It, it, it's it's it, it is really interesting to me how on one hand we can be about daylighting a product um fully acknowledging that the drug war has done nothing good for anybody sure. uh, and yet on the other hand we have this march towards prohibition of uh, a product that has been legal for centuries yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it, it really is kind of amazing that even the most progressive people in the country are just, that just escapes them. Uh, it, it is, <laughs> it is a glaring hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's why CUSA and things like the Northwest Vapors Association, that's why you exist to fight back against that, at least for vapors. Yep. Or to try to. It's at least we have you and we have Greg and we have <laughs> Stefan and we have the regional groups and people are taking action, which is really all you can do. Yeah, it's good, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, hopefully we get some movement with, with the FDA this year. Um, and, and we say this every year, you know, while people are sort of focused on what's happening at the federal level, uh, the states remain at a hotbed of activity and oh, yeah. um you know it, it 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 is kind of interesting I, I think that that the longer that we have to do this the more organized we get yeah and oh, yeah. um and, and i i it, at least in terms of us you know as a community being organized i i i, I hope this momentum continues because in the states in the municipalities where we have had damaging uh, THR legislation passed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's going to come a point where where we need to start riding the ship, and 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 undoing some of the damage. Mm -hmm. um, 
And uh, which, speaking of which, um, people, I, I, I hope that people are tuning into C-SPAN. I mean, now that there is this focus <laughs> on I'm politics, sorry. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's kind of interesting to me. You know, my wife and I have this discussion about, you know, oh, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And I'm like, yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> or vote. I was watching the debate about it. And, you know, it's, it's being, working in advocacy, you, you really have to, to work to, to find the sources where the, the news comes from. Oh, yeah. You kind of have to yeah. sit through it. If you take the digest, you're getting everybody's kind of spin on it. Mm -hmm. So it, it is really important to watch where this stuff is actually happening. Um, oh, yeah. And so I was, I had C-SPAN on for most of the day yesterday and, and they were, they're already getting into, to CRAs. Um, wow. And, and there is some discussion about, um, you know, there's an article that, that I had shared with you that, you know, um, yeah. there, you know, one of the, the people who was part of actually writing the Congressional Review Act um, right. was, was stating that, that no, it, you know, as far as, as he was concerned, um, it can be interpreted that this, this Congress can look as far back as 2009 when in considering, you know, regulations from the executive that they could be um, re rescinding or overturning or undoing. Um, and uh, that's one interpretation. Mm -hmm. uh, so all of this sort of, you know, it comes down to how people actually interpret it and, you know, where is a judge going to fall on this stuff and, and, and so on. Mm -hmm. and, and as far as I know, they haven't reached back beyond the 60 legislative day threshold right. that 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 every most everyone has sort of uh, agreed is is the limitation there which puts fda deeming out of out of reach right. um but it will be interesting to see if they if they do want to push um push the boundaries and, and go further back um yeah. and, and i, I, I good I was going to say, I don't know if there's an opportunity for, for us to engage on that. Um, still kind of waiting to hear more. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, did just want to yeah. put that out there if for nothing more than to let people know that it is, you know, yeah. it is being discussed. Well, I mean, that's why I kind of always liked the RAINS Act. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every year that thing gets reintroduced and it's like some year it'll be the year. Um, um, Reigns is regulations by executive in need of re review, I believe it is. Okay. By Congress. Um, and that was if a bill caused like a ridiculous amount of money to comply with, that Congress could look at it. Which to me has always kind of made sense because Congress is supposed to be the original lawmaker and you don't really so much see that anymore. Um, if you look at a lot of the bills that come signed from Congress and you sift through them and you read them, um, you see the, the language and then you get to the end and it basically says that, you know, Congress congratulates such and such a, a regulatory agency for coming up with this bold action. So they're not really making laws anymore. And yet, technically, if you look at the Constitution, they were the only ones who were supposed to make laws. So. I just find that interesting. 
And I think the, the CRA is excellent for that. I, I think it needs to go back further than it does, but that's a personal opinion, you know? I just shared a, a, a link with you. I don't know if you can open it, but it's from uh, my emails. Uh, I get the uh, email updates from Speaker Paul Ryan. Okay. And uh, so the House did pass the RAINS Act uh, earlier nice. in January. Nice. And uh, it's, uh, so I guess it still needs to go through the Senate. Um, but uh, yeah, that is something that, that's moving along. Um, yeah. See, I always thought, like, and I hate to bring this stuff up, even if we don't get FDA action, there are always other avenues you can take, I think. Rains get passed, that's something to do. The CRA, if they really go back as 2000, far as 2000, and that's something you can do. And if worse comes to worst, I mean, there's always the 10th Amendment. Um, and there are always ways you can fight erroneous regulation. Um, it's just that people think, you know, there's only one way, but there's always plenty of ways. And it, it just requires getting the momentum if you need it. You know, and and seeing which way the political wind is blowing. Yeah, and that is um, the uh, I, I see the note from from Vary that we're we're running long here. Um, but I, I I just to 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 dovetail on that, I I would say that um, you know an important thing to remember going forward this year uh, is that uh, you know we and I mean everyone working on this it, it is considering multiple options here. Yep. You know, last year there, and, and there is this tendency, people like to pick a team. They like to back a horse that they think is going to win and, and ride sure. that over the finish line. But at, at no point really in this entire effort, has there been one single horse? It's yeah. always been multiple avenues of, of, of attack. Sure. We have the lawsuit. We had standalone legislation with HR 2058. We yeah. had the Cole Bishop Amendment, which was a rider on the appropriations bill, which, sure. by the way, is still in the appropriations <laughs> bill and will yeah. still likely need support in the spring when they come back and debate the Cromnibus. Right. Um, so, you know, we have the legislative approach. We have something through through the, the judicial system. And then there is also potentially an administrative uh, solution to this, which is something that will have to come from the Trump administration and whoever, you know, takes the reins at the FDA. Sure. So, um, yeah, you know, this is, this is about, you know, developing the, the, the efforts and, and supporting them as they go forward. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a multi-pronged, uh, attack here. And, and it's also about, you know, this is something that's going to have to be done in stages. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of hope, first of all, that the deeming regulations just completely get ripped off the books. Right. I'm not saying that's impossible, but the that chances might happen. that might not happen <laughs> and it might not happen in time. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, the other alternative is amending the Tobacco Control Act. Certainly mm -hmm. an excellent idea, but that may not happen in time. Sure. Um, you know, remember that, you know, Congress is, is in session for, um, well, I guess it's, is it two years? We're the 115th Congress, right? Yeah. Yes. So, and, and that, that lasts basically for two years. Two years. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, this is something that can go all the way down to the wire, the wire, mm -hmm. meaning sometime in December in 2018. Sure. Well, that's, you know, that's not, that's not, that's not August 1st, 2018, which would no. be great. That's, that's December something to 2018. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it really is about timing. And, and so yeah. if we have to go about this tear, if we have to tear the wall down brick by brick, that's what we've got to do. Yeah. Um, but you know, certainly if we have that opportunity where we can just, you know, smash a Mack truck through it, then you know, <laughs> that's the way uh, to go. You know, we're going to get behind but, that too. But there are other options and people don't know that people think that one thing is the be all end all and it's a multi-pronged approach. Yeah. I think so. And I think it's good that people know that there's hope now, you know? Yeah. So, and that's a really good thing. And I think maybe that's pretty positive. If, to have hope. <laughs> if, if, if nothing else comes from this, this whole effort, uh, right. I, I hope that tens of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands of people uh, paying attention to this issue um, are becoming more aware of the legislative process and, yeah. um, and elections and, and, and how all of this stuff works. I know that I'm learning a bunch you know, every single day. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, have the time to do it. My, my time mm -hmm. is, is compensated. But, right. um, you know, I, I, I like to think that, you know, one of the things that at least CASA contributes to this is that we, we try to keep people aware of the process. Exactly. And, um, and uh, yeah, empowerment is, is part of our deal. So, um, knowledge is so, power. Yeah. Like yeah, Dr. Who said, we're, we're in a room of weapons. It's a library. Pick your weapon. It's kind of like that. That's kind of like what Kassad does. Nice. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a Doctor Who nerd, but I'll just take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> Other people know what I'm talking about. So Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I guess, is that, is that it for this week, Alex? Uh, I think it's going to have to be. I don't, okay. I don't think I have anything else, and we've run way long. So. Okay. Well, um, thank you for everything you've done for us, Alex, and um, we will see you next week. Yes, you will. Okay. All right. Next Friday. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya. Very Don't Stop Rolling. You can get CASA updates at SoundCloud. You can get CASA updates for the podcast at the CASA.org website. You can get CASA updates by subscribing in iTunes. So there is always a way to find out what is going on with CASA and CASA's updates. I just wanted to let you know that. And now you can stop recording. <laughs>